Hey fans, Dan Schreiner here with the Disciple Henson Podcast. Joy seems elusive these days, right? But I think you're going to enjoy and be helped by the conversation on what is joy and how do we get it with my friend, David Fisher. I hope you enjoy. David Fisher, welcome to the Disciple Henson Podcast. Uh, Thanks for having me, Dan. It's I'm glad you're here. It's good to see you. And uh, David, you just started a new job this week. I did. Are you allowed to talk about that publicly? I forgot to ask you that. Sure. Yeah, I've been consulting, uh, so helping other companies with you know business problems and running programs and things for 12 years. And this year, made a switch, and I'm a full time employee at Nike. So found a good team and a good role, and and I'm excited. Well, congratulations yeah. on and the new the pan- job. When the pandemic is over, uh, it will be the my work location will be a 10-minute bike ride from my house, which you can't really beat. Uh, well, you can beat it, but I can beat that. Not a lot of people can beat no, that. No, that is that sounds very nice and you know how to ride a bike. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Um other than helping people with their problems, um who are you? Tell tell us a little bit about your background, family. You so you already told us about your job, maybe mm-hmm. just even briefly how you came to Christ. Yeah, I I grew up in Alaska. Uh, I have you know kind of lived in different parts of the country. My my family uh, would you know would say that they're Christian. I think that um, some of them would be right. Uh, and you know I, I'm really blessed to have had you know two parents and and uh, you know food and and uh, instruction and care and all of that. But uh, but wasn't I don't think discipled super well growing up. Did you grow up going to church with your family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it, you know, the, the church was uh, a little bit, you know, me-centered, kind of, you know, slightly works-based, you know, very much about uh, following the rules and having the right answers mm. and, that, and, and the expectation that that would bring you the satisfied life, that, that, would, that, would, uh, that God would, would bless you. Um, so, so I think... You know, for and for me, I had a lot of chaos growing up. You know, just just relational chaos um, and abuse and divorced parents and uh, you know, so so relationally was was strained on a lot of levels. And so I I sought um, validation else you know elsewhere. What um, kind of went off the deep end in high school and. Uh, and then in college, God changed my heart, hmm. and over over the course of several years, you know, I got plugged into a different church. This was out of state for me. And where'd you pl- go to college? Uh, Chapman in Southern California. Okay, so I got plugged into a good church in Southern California, uh, and just started to feel the desire to worship, the desire to study the Bible in a way I hadn't really f- felt in the past, and started to learn more about the gospel. And um, so that was the, you know, the process of God drawing me to himself, changing my heart and, and, um, really grateful for that. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you're married. I am married. You're 12 ma- years as of, uh, this week. Wow. We had our, we had, yeah, 12th anniversary. We have three kids, nine, seven, and five. Okay. And, uh, you know, enjoying lots of family time with the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what, uh, what brought you to Henson? How'd you hear about Henson? How long have you guys been here? 
We moved here six years ago from Washington, Mm D.C. We were hoping to be closer to family, Mm -hmm. which my family's in Alaska. My wife's family's in Idaho. So this this counts as closer uh, than Washington, D.C. for sure. And we, so I got a job out here and I had lived in a Christian men's house for several years in D.C. before I got married. And there were men in that house that went to Capitol Baptist. In fact, the house itself was a couple blocks away from CHBC. But you didn't go to Capitol Hill Baptist. You Never went to a did. different church. Never went. Never did. Yeah. Never once. I went there for a wedding once. Okay. But uh, never visited. Yeah, I, you know, at that time, my, I was, you know, sort of in a different church scene. Uh, and, and so... Snake handling. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. And, and, and the fact that they didn't do that at CHBC was a real turnoff. No. <laughs> no, I, it just more, more, uh, conte- you know, charismatic, con- you know, contemporary, mm-hmm. uh, and and so, so I had, but I had friends I really respected that went to CHPC and brothers that I, you know, that I loved that went there and and uh, and so knew about uh, Hinson. Mm-hmm. And when we moved out here six years ago, we tried to find a church on the west side that you know had uh, expositional preaching and healthy leadership. And uh, it was hard. It was hard to find those two things in mm-hmm. one place on the mm-hmm. on the west side at that time. And so, uh, so we're really grateful to be at Hinson. We are grateful that you and Anna and the kiddos are here. Um, today, well, I'd love to just hear more about your story. I appreciate you sharing what you did. Yeah. Maybe another time. Yeah. But today we want to specifically uh, z- uh, zoom in <laughs> or mm-hmm. talk about the topic of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so first let's talk about is enjoyment and joy the same thing? I don't think so. Um I think happiness and joy are different things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think happiness is a function of circumstance. It can be a, a, like a high energy brain state when you're, when you have a, 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 a circumstance that you're excited about. Um, I think joy is something different. It's relational. Uh, it's, in, it's, in fact, I would argue it's inherently relational. And, um, you know, in preparation for this, I did pull together just a few scriptures uh, because the, the word, joy is used a lot in scripture. It's something like, uh, you know, in the New Testament alone, 160 plus times, it's a big theme mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in the New Testament. And when you look at how joy is used, it is um, without fail, almost always used in a, in a relational context. So you think about passages like, you know, the good and faithful servant, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about, uh, you know, ask and, and you will receive that your joy may be full. You know, and then the, the, in, in that passage in, in John 16, he's not talking about, you know, ask for Alexis and your joy may be full. It's ask and you shall receive. Uh, ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask for, for God's kingdom. Ask for, you know, uh, you know, deeper relationship with Christ. Uh, you, you look at uh, Philippians 2, you know, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love being in full accord and, and of one mind. Paul, you know, Paul feels joy when he sees the church unified uh, in, in Philippians, and he's encouraging them towards unity so that he can have relational joy and, and, be, be, um, uh, and feel that. And, you know, and, and, and in 1 John, we, you know, he, John says, we're writing these things that your joy may be complete. Mm-hmm. Um, so this joy is joy in relationship with uh, chiefly God 
and uh, and with others, with other believers and with other people. So is that how is that how you would define it? I mean, I feel like you've you've made a very solid case from Scripture that joy is inherently relational, and uh, and comes first and foremost from a relationship with our Creator and mm-hmm. our Master and Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it? I, I'm not yeah. looking for like a technical definition, but you said it's not just happiness yeah. or like a cheerful heart necessarily. And, and it's I, not, yeah, and it's not a function of relation. It's not a function of circumstances, a function of relationships. So it's a de- function defini- of relationships. Definition of joy. Joy is the feeling of it's good to be me here with you. It's good to be me here with you. When someone is glad to be with someone else, whether that's with, you know, the presence of God um, or with a person, you think about you walk into a room, somebody that you love, you, you know, they get bright faced, mm-hmm. bright face look there, you know, you see, you see them smile. And, you know, I think about my, uh, you know, you think about the joy that the feeling that you get in corporate worship mm-hmm. when, you know, you, when you get that, that feeling, that feeling is not that you're intellectually inspired by the eloquence of a, of a lyric. It's you're, that the, what you, what we feel in corporate worship is, it's good to be with other Christians mm-hmm. worshiping God, and it's good to be aware of God's presence and the truth of, of, of how he loves us. Um, you know, and I th- relationally with people, I think about my middle daughter, Evelyn, mm-hmm. who has always been a very, you know, joyful presence. And when she was young, when she was even, you know, five, six months old, she'd be in the crib, and she would wake up, and, and she didn't cry a lot. My, you know, my other kids did, so, you know, I, I've... I've been through the, the <laughs> you've been through but, the joy of that. Yeah, but but with Evelyn, she would wake up and she would just kind of you know, play, you know, move her arms and legs and make little sounds, and then when somebody would come over and look over the crib in her face, her face would light up, hmm. just that big smile. Mm-hmm. She's she was happy to see you, mm-hmm. to to see a person, and mm-hmm. that you know, so those connections are built in your brain through you know joyful interactions, uh, you know, starting when you're a kid. So that's, that's how I define joy. And, and by the way, just as a disclaimer or footnote, a lot of these ideas, um, have come from, from mentors and books, chiefly, you know, Dr. Bill St. Cyr, Dr. Jim Wilder. Say that a little uh, small, uh, slower. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Dr. Bill St. Cyr. Okay. And Dr. Jim Wilder. How do you spell um, Cyr? S-C-Y-R. Okay. And and Dr. Jim Wilder. So, you know, I'm I'm not a brain scientist. We might get into some brain science in this, but I've, you know, studied people who are and uh and 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 you know, l- learned about this from others. So just uh just wanted to give credit where credit is due. That's helpful. We'll uh maybe come back to that. Mm-hmm. Um and as you were defining joy, I couldn't help but notice that you used the word feeling. Um it's a feeling uh, how would you say joy is related to our emotions, in your opinion? Yeah. Um, so I would say that joy—it's not just a feeling, mm-hmm. and it's a function of—it's a function of character. Mm-hmm. So joy is a fruit of the spirit. Happiness is not. And so you know, you, you think of of happiness as an energized state of delight. Now, joy is. Uh, is a is a is a fruit of the spirit. It's something that we grow in. So it's it's there's a there's a moral quality to it. And and in fact, if we find ourselves, you know, maybe in certain situations, unable to experience joy when maybe, when maybe we should, um, then then you know there could be there could be sin there, or there could be you know growth needed, spiritual growth needed in that area. Um, 
So I think it is connected to feelings. Um, I think, you know, one way to think about it is it's a, it's joy is the high energy state of state of a, of a, of a brain when you're relationally attuned with somebody else. Uh, peace is, is the low energy state of that same feeling. And as a Christian, you know, if, if we are, you know, 100% sanctified, hopefully this is what we'll be like in heaven, we are just always going to be in a state of joy or peace, joy or peace, high energy, low energy. And that's, um, that's, that's what I would, what I would argue, um, is, is what we're striving for, you know, in, in part in our sanctification. So then help me, help me think through this. Can you have, um, can you have joy in the midst of emotional distress? Is that possible? <clears throat> or is what you got to opt for in that, in those situations more peace? I think it's possible. I mean, you think about, and this is an example from Bill, Dr. Bill St. Cyr, Mother Teresa, if you were, you know, when she was alive and if you were to bump into her, you know, sort of accidentally on the street of Calcutta or whatever and, and you know, were apologetic and, and, and what would you get from her? You would get love, joy, and peace. Now, if you were to bump into her and you were rushed and frustrated and angry, what would you get from her? You would get love, joy, and peace. Like for her, um, you know, her maturity in this area uh, was such that no, the emotional distress did not affect her joy and peace. And I think it is possible to have joy and peace in in the midst of emotional distress, but it's, you know, it can be hard, uh, for, you know, depending on the the distress and depending on the person and kind of how mature we are. So, so I think it is. And 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 it's and it's good that it's possible because you know James one tells us to count it all joy whenever yeah. we face trials of many kinds. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I think you you make the point well, and maybe we'll talk about this here in a minute. Is it's it's not that it comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a fruit of the spirit. It's got to be a work of mm-hmm. the spirit in your life because mm-hmm. it's it, it's going against the grain of our flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, you, you've all you've already talked about a little bit where where joy is found. Um, anything else you want to say about that? You, you you I thought made the case solidly that it's relational. Yeah, I think the the verse that you mentioned in in James one was was really key. You know, mm. ca- count it all joy when you when you face trials of many kinds. James talks about how testing produces endurance, and in, endurance, you know. Uh, you know, when we, when that's made perfect, you're, we're made perfect and complete. And then, and, and so it is possible to have joy in, in trials. Uh, you think about, um, Stephen who in the Bible was, was faced with, you know, the worst human circumstances, you know, you could imagine unjustly and painfully killed at the hands of a mob, um, and uh, and and praise, mm-hmm. praise in the midst of it because um, he sees Christ. He's relationally connected to Christ, and he is able to have joy uh, in in that severe trial. Um, but uh, but it you know it's it's hard because we all have different influences uh, growing up. We're all discipled in different ways, and you know there's uh, and, and so often if we are unable or, or, uh, you know, not able to find joy in a particular circumstance or a particular trial, we look for substitutes and those substitutes because our brain craves it. And so our, the substitutes can be, you know, the dopamine hit you get when you're, when you're scrolling through social media, it can be, 
uh, excitement, you know, which I, which I would argue is different than joy, excitement through sports, mm. excitement through, you know, media or food, um, not the same as joy. And the, and the substitute can, can become an addiction yeah. and, and, uh, and a, a, a sinful habit. Yeah, I think we're we're all familiar with with seeking out those substitutes in in various ways. David, I didn't prepare you for this, but can you think of a time in your life when you were knowing like practically you were knowing some emotional distress or your circumstances were less than ideal and uh the Lord gave you joy even in the midst of that? Yeah. Um well, I think about the answer to that, you know, it's I'll just say there's there's different painful emotions we can experience. Mm-hmm. So let me start abstract, and then I'll go to the personal in a minute. Um, you know, there's at least six painful emotions, and you can think about them with a, an acronym, SAD, SAD. So uh, shame, anger, uh, um, disgust, um, sadness, anxiety, and despair. Hmm. Um, SAD, SAD. And, and, and Where'd you get that from? Uh, that was from a uh, another man. I'm for his, his name. I'm blanking on is uh, a disciple of Jim Wilder's. So it's you know these are these are people who you know are, are psychologists or or but but just it's just an acronym that kind of helps remember what those six painful emotions are and and <clears throat> typically some of us are better better at handling some than others. Mm-hmm. So for me. Um, sadness or anxiety, it doesn't tend to phase me very much. If something sad happens, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as tempted to, uh, uh, to, to sort of, to, to sin. And, and Mm. it's easier for me to maintain joy and to, you know, to support others in in those emotions. Uh, anger, that's different for me. I, you know, I grew up in a, in a household that, that had a lot of anger. Um, and so the example that I breathed in day in and day out uh, for for eighteen plus years was one of uh, quick tempered responses to things that didn't go you know someone's way, and uh, and 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 resolving uh, problems where things aren't the way they should be through uh, through seeking out in anger to try to control, and so to this day, if I am frustrated by something, you know, I think about something as simple as customer service, you know, mm-hmm. on the phone mm-hmm. or, um, or if every, if we're late and, mm-hmm. you know, the family's running behind or if, you know, my, one of my kids doesn't do what I asked them to for the fifth time, it is, it is, I am very tempted. It is hard for me to, um, to, uh, to maintain joy and peace. And, mm-hmm. and I sort of, you know, the, the relational part of just the relational piece of, of my relationship with that person kicks off and I, and I just, you know, often lash out in frustration, mm. you know, maybe, maybe in a subtle way, uh, maybe I raise my voice. So, mm-hmm. so there are times though, to answer your question, um, where, you know, I think about just cause I went through this times in between work where I wasn't sure if I was going to have a job or what my next job was going to be. Um, where I, you know, had anxiety and, uh, and, 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 you know, it's gotten, it's gotten easier over time because I see God's faithfulness in the past mm-hmm. to, to provide, mm-hmm. uh, and to enable me to provide for my family. So, so those are some of the things that come to mind. Thank you for sharing that, David. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are excellent examples. Um, 
You've been talking about some resources that have been helpful to you as you've thought about this topic of joy. Um, how did you get into looking into these things? Uh, was it Jim or Jay Wilder? Yeah, Jim Wilder. Jim Wilder. Well, yeah. How did I get into these things? So um, when I, I mentioned I lived in a Christian men's house yes. on Capitol Hill for a couple of years, that that house was called the Jonathan House. It was a place of intentional Christian community where you know a dozen or so guys would live at a time. It's been like that for a few decades. Did you know that I lived, I roomed in D.C. with burnouts from the J House? Burnouts? I don't know if there were burnouts. <laughs> they, were, they were looking for... The, the next thing. The next thing. Yeah. Got it. People who, yeah, because they typically, they say you have a you know, two-year two limit. In for, oh, well, maybe for, that was it. Yeah, so maybe, <laughs> so maybe they graduated from the J House and right. went to your house. Uh, but yeah, they, so the J House was started by a group of men, uh, one of whom was Bill St. Cyr, who's still on the board. And I got to know him through living in the J House, um, and he became uh, a mentor. He, you know, I I think I mentioned there was just a lot of chaos for me growing up. There were a lot of skills I didn't learn, <laughs> whether it's dealing with, you know, relational conflict or, um, you know, that basically all of them boil down to that, dealing with relational conflict, mm -hmm. whether it's at church or with family or with, with at, you know, at work. And, you know, I met with him for many years and learned a lot from him. And he's a, um, you know, a, a Christian Christian counselor and, and you know has training and is an educator, and so I learned a ton from him. And he kind of turned me on to this community that um, stems out of uh, you know research that was done by a group of, of psychologists uh, that, that Jim Wilder is is kind of most well known for for putting on paper. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's great. And we don't have a whole lot of time, but if you had to mention a, a few takeaways from. Your your readings and your mentorship in these in this area. What would be some some takeaways? Maybe go a little bit deeper in uh, some of the things you've already mentioned. Yeah, one thing I would say, and this is you know, joy has been elusive for me for a lot of my life, which is why this area of study and 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 area of of you know of the fruit of the spirit and of growth is so important to me. Hmm. But uh, I will say that I've come to understand that, that the Christian life is about relational joy. You know, you think about the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the first answer, what is the, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That is our chief end. And, you know, the, the, the church that I grew up in, the church circles that I grew up in, Christianity was made to seem like uh, it was all about knowing the right things and making the right choices. Hmm. It was cognitive and volitional. It was about what I thought and what I decided, what I, what I chose to do. Um, I really think that, that the Christian life is, about, is, is an emotional, relational journey. It's about knowing God intimately mm -hmm. and, and experiencing joy in his presence and about knowing his people intimately and experiencing joy in community. And... I did a I did an article once. I wrote an article for World Magazine. I interviewed several atheists um, and just about kind of their journey and how did how did they become atheists? And all three of these atheists that I interviewed were uh, they grew up in in Christian homes. And the thing that was the thread that they all had in common is that they understood the Christian life the same way that I did. 
it was about before. It, yeah, it was it was about making right choices and knowing the right things, and uh, you know, the, and so they grew up. They were trying to pursue the world's stuff, but do it Christianly. And when you're doing that, when you're pursuing, when you're, at the end of the day, you're pursuing the world's stuff Christianly, it's really easy to jettison the Christianly part. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened for all three of them. By God's grace, one of them is now Christian. He came back to the faith. Um, so it, you know, it is, I think it's rare that somebody walks away from the faith when they understand Christianity, when they understand Jesus to be a real person mm-hmm. who cares, who... Uh, who, who, whom you can abide in, one who loves you, and, and and he's a real presence, as opposed to the author of a rule book. Amen. If if someone wanted to look up that article in World Magazine, can you still find that online? If David Fisher, World Magazine. You might be able to find it. I, it's called When Faith Fades. Um, you know, okay. I, I tried to look at look it up on the website the other day, and there were just a thousand search results that came up. So, um, if if you're interested, uh, let me know. I can send David you a copy. Fisher. Yeah. You can, you can reach out to, to yep. David. Um, and I'll say one thing too, yeah. just thinking about this practically. So how, how do we, you know, how do we grow in, in our joy? Um, I think one thing I mentioned this in the evening talk last Sunday, Psalm 116 verse eight. No, mm-hmm. was that it? Um, no, you were in first Timothy. I was in first Timothy Psalm chapter four, one, verse 12. Yeah. Psalm 116 was a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. It might have been, yeah. but there, yeah. So one of the things I mentioned, because because the First Timothy four twelve is all about set an example, mm-hmm. and so one of the things I mentioned was if if you if there's an area of of your life where you don't feel like you're setting a good example, find someone who is setting a good example in that area, because one of the ways that we grow, like say you know for me, anger has been a challenge, and and maintaining joy through anger um, is possible but very difficult for me. Um, but, uh, but I can grow in that area. And one of the ways I have grown is by getting to know people who are, who are much better than I am at, at that specific challenge. And so encouragement to, you know, if there's one of those emotions, sad, sad, you know, shame, anger, disgust, uh, sadness, anxiety, despair, that is a particular struggle for you. Find someone who's actually better than you at, at handling that. Not, not to download a lecture from them, you Mm -hmm. know, to, to, but, but just to be with them and see how they, just, just to, to live life with them to the extent that you can and and learn and observe how they process through that. Um, the, this, the book by Jim Wilder uh, called Joy Starts Here talks about how joy starts to transform a community when three things are in place. One, the weak and the strong are together and interacting. So this idea that there's a, and the second is that there's a tender response to weakness, that that's the rule of the community. So somebody who is, you know, weak in any sense of the word, physically weaker or, or you know, weaker in their faith or weaker in their maturity, or uh, that there's a tender response to weakness and that that can help, uh, you know, build, uh, um, help, help, peop- help the community actually to grow in joy. And then um, the, other, the other element, the third element is that, that the interactive presence of God that we see, um, that we see reading scripture as a relational activity, and you know I love what John Piper said in the opening of Coronavirus in Christ. Um, he said he talked about how God spoke to him, and he said, 
my paraphrase of what God said to me was this. And he gave a couple of sentences of what he felt like God was speaking to him. And they said, what God actually said was this. And he quoted a scripture. I think that we that as we are saturated in scripture, um, we can hear God's voice more, more clearly. And we can hear it uh, you know, paraphrased to us directly by the by the Holy Spirit in a way that's rooted in Scripture. Um, so, so that was really helpful to me. I think you know the relational presence of God just is is so important, and trying to cultivate that in your own devotional life with others. Um, you know, one thing that they talk about in the Choice Starts Here book as well is intergenerational community. Mm. This idea that multiple generations living together, interacting, talking. Um, that that's really important to building joy because if you're only interact, you know, if, if you're only interacting with your generation, you're not going to grow much. If you're mm-hmm. interacting across multiple generations, you're going to see how people, uh, what they've learned, the wisdom that God has given them, the the, uh, the the fruit of the Spirit that God has built in their lives, and and that will rub off. David, this has been a really helpful conversation, even just for me. I I'm, I trust others will be helped as well. Um, I didn't prepare you for this one either, but what what is your prayer because what you're describing here you're in the conclusion um is what we would love to see us grow more and more in at, here at Henson at this local church that God has placed mm-hmm. both of us here and and uh um what 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 would your prayer specifically maybe be for Henson in ways that we can uh, abound in joy together in mm-hmm. that in that relational quality with the Savior, with one another. Um, any thoughts on that? If nothing's coming to mm-hmm. mind, I have a different way to phrase it or a, a kind of a different angle. Yeah, tell me your different angle. To the different angle is just more individual. It's yeah. more, so that's kind of the corporate. The yeah. different angle is some someone's listening to this as an individual at Henson, and uh, they want to know what are some practical first steps in pursuing joy in the Christian life. What should I do? What should I be pursuing? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I mean, the big one is, I think what you preached on mm-hmm. in First Timothy, you know, it's look for examples, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, and maybe you would want to say a little bit more about what that might look like. Yeah. I think discipleship is central. Yeah. Um, I think joy, joy is built relationally. You know, you think about um, the, uh, the mother holding her baby. And, uh, and you know, the, the baby looks up and the, and the baby smiles and the mother smiles and they are, they are building joy bonds together. Uh, it starts at infancy and it, and it continues that way. Joy is built relationally through our whole life. Um, so we, we have to invest in discipleship relationships, you know, multi-generational, right? So not just people our age and weak and weak and strong together. Um, so so that can look like that's my prayer. That's my prayer mm. for Hinson mm-hmm. and, and for myself personally and mm. for individuals is that that we are even in the midst of a pandemic that we are finding people to intentionally connect with, to share life with, whether it's over Zoom, whether it's social distance with masks, uh, whether it's in a bubble, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever means necessary. We, um, you know, my my growth in my Christian life has stagnated. When I haven't been in close relationship, uh, and and so, it, discipleship I think is the the key, and and um, so I, 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 my my prayer would be that that would become an expectation, a norm, a joyful responsibility, 
uh, that people would seek out relationships with people who are more mature than them and people who are less mature than them, and that they would cultivate those and, and make time and uh, to, to, to spend in those relationships. Amen. Maybe so. Yeah. David, it's been a joy talking to you. <laughs> Likewise. It's been a joy seeing you. Uh, thank you for coming on the Disciple Henson podcast. You've been great. Listen to all these joyful people. Appreciating you. <laughs> I really, I'm kind of addicted to those buttons. Nice. Again, thank you. Thank you.